Okay. So. Last night. I was just. It was after the podcast. And I think that I was trying to focus on God. And what happened was. You know. I. Felt like it was a conversation had about this video I seen on Instagram. It was a boy who looked like Cat Williams. So. I had said a few choice things. And this is the thing. Like, I'm trying to change my attitude. I pray to God to change my attitude. So, a lot of the stuff that I'm saying, I'm trying to check and be careful. And change the way I see things. The way I react to things. How I am. It reminded me of this vision with Lil Baby and Jada. Because I noticed that I was, like, in school. And then... The kind of person that I was was like, I was just like, I guess, kind of one of the popular people, but not really seeing it like that for real. Just kind of like who I am and like, I guess people naturally gravitate towards me or something. I don't know. But all I know is it was this girl who wasn't really popular and I felt like, you know, I could ask her for a pencil, you know, I otherwise wouldn't even talk to her, but... I know she got a pencil, so let me get a pencil from her. See, I like to think of myself as, you know, somebody who's more, who's who's kinder, who's more considerate than that. You know, who wouldn't necessarily just automatically assume just because I'm popular, just because I'm this and I'm that. I, I, you know, I deserve better or no, not I deserve better, but just like I don't have to talk to you or you ain't on my level or I would otherwise associate myself with you. Now, this vision showed me differently, and I don't know why this kind of, like, is going past me anyways, why is this over my head anyways, because really, this is the stuff I'm working on every day and trying to fix and fighting so hard to change. But what also was, you know, I realized in that vision was that also I am, you know, I'm also um I'm I'm kind I'm still kind though I still have a good heart like I'm still considering in certain areas like I noticed that the pen that she gave me was one of her nicer pens that's more expensive and you know you know somebody you know care about these things when they buy these pens that's nicer or more expensive like you know they care about this kind of stuff so. You know, I otherwise like the pen. I would have kept it for myself. Like, why would she care? Or just because of who I am, I can do stuff like that. Or, like, she'll get over or whatever. I don't care about her feelings or the fact that she valued this pen. You know, if I value it, of course she'll value it. But I I took my time to give it back for sure because I realized that, you know, it was, like, it meant something to her. And... The fact that she looked at me kind of like, you know, I'm just glad you asked, you know, in a way. Or like, y'all, you don't, you wouldn't usually talk to me or something like that in a way. And I don't like, you know, feeling like I'm that kind of person over people. I don't like being, 
in that position over people. I never want somebody to feel like they need to feel honored with my presence as if we're not all, you know, human. Like, I'm not special, you know. But I don't notice that sometimes I'm just naturally like that. And it's not nat. I won't say naturally, but sometimes I'm just like that. And, or my mindset might have might have me in that way. Like, I'm, I'm kind of like, I might just be built like that in a way. But this is the things I'm trying to fix and I'm working on. And this is what God is showing me about myself. And this is what we went over, you know, in 2020. God was showing me all these different things about myself, exposing all these things inside of myself that I thought, you know, I just couldn't have, I couldn't have, you know, understood where all these things I was really wrong in. And this is what I was talking about in the last episode. Like, a lot of times we are so wrong, we just don't even realize it. We just don't even notice it. It takes for God to correct us or for us to be in somebody else's shoes in order to see how wrong we really are. So, ever since I've been trying to be more sober-minded about my attitude and my character. And this vision kind of showed me where I was at and kind of how people might see me. But they were just kind of saying, like, but still, you're like still a a lot more considerate than a lot of, you know, people. So it also brings me to this one vision where I was actually with Lecrae and, you know, I was talking to him and I was just, you know, saying, I'm not special, you know, it's not, I'm not, I'm not, you know, this person that people should look up to or anything like that. You know, I know that The stuff I care about, I don't think nobody care about. And all this other stuff I was saying. And he was like, you are a good person. This is why people look up to you. This is why. Because you're different. You're so different. You're so much different from the girls in the industry. From other girls in the industry. From most girls in this industry. And I really appreciated Lecrae. Because like the way he, the way he broke that down to me. You know, he made me feel so much better about everything I was going through. And it showed how good a person he is, you know. But also it's what he said. He said, like, you know, in the industry. And so I had suspected that this was, like, in the industry, that I was, like, in the industry. But, like... I've been fighting so hard to get out of it. I've never, I'm going to say I never wanted to be in the industry, but I never really wanted this, you know, not, I mean, that's a lie. I kind of did, but it's like, I don't know if I want this now, you know, especially what God is showing me has, as all that God is showing me, you know, I just want I just want, you know, him. I just want God now. I really don't have to have all these other things. And, you know, maybe it's final. Maybe it's done, you know. But I don't want to believe that this is why I fight so hard to change my character and be a better person. Not to mention, you know, the person that I am or otherwise have was seen as, you know, even though a lot of people are fighting me every single day not to make these necessary changes in my life and in my heart. And I do feel like if I didn't have to fight all these people, these changes would be made. I would be, you know, who it is that I'm, you know, destined to be by now. But because of 
you know, what I've seen and how I am right now. But it's not even about that. It's about the fact that I've seen my future. And in my future, no matter where it is that I am, whether I'm in the industry or not in it, I'm still this transformed woman. So I know that I will get there. And I can't believe anybody who tries to tell me that this is all this is as good as it gets. Because I've seen it. It gets better for me, for my attitude. And I wanna say for me, like it doesn't get better for everybody else, but I get better. I I I am transformed in such a way I'm unrecognizable. So these visions show me different things. They show me that I'm, you know, a lot like how I was in high school still a little bit. But, you know, that people are receptive regardless. You know, they would accept me regardless. But it's just like, like I'm already, I was already what they wanted. or I was already, you know, somebody that they recognized to begin with but it was like still I still see this future of being unrecognizable from the undistinct indistinguishable from who I am now or who I have been so I still can't give up on fighting every single day I can't let nobody convince me that this is good enough I can't let nobody convince me that this is where it ends so last night I had a conversation I felt like and in this conversation, it was kind of like how I act towards people or in a crowd or in a group or whatever. And I'm trying to work on my attitude and be kinder and be the transformed woman that God, you know, has is making me to be. But I noticed that I guess my thoughts and my thought process is still so flawed because, you know, people catch the stuff that I say before I can check it. And the stuff that I'm saying before I can check it, it's like still reflective of one of those people who like I'm better than you or I feel like I'm better than you in a way not somebody who is completely 100% accepting non-judgmental and you know loving and caring and considerate like I want to be so I was having this conversation with someone and it felt like it was like back and forth, like talking about this and talking about that. And I was just trying to, you know, make sure my intentions were shining through. And in the process, what happened was, you know, it felt like I had a conversation with this person and then somebody who may or may not be in the industry, you know. But all I know is they were saying no, like they were checking me like when I was, you know, expecting for them to say something to this person about you know because what I said was what I what I what I felt like I noticed was see this person even though you know they're probably great and you know probably kind I'm not taking away from the kind of person that they are what they are doing though is being somebody that they're not and I think that it's peer pressure because a lot of people around them actually probably is trying to be funny and it's actually trying to you know they're actually you know it's like the the shady jokes where it's like um or the backhanded compliments where it's like oh you look like such and such and it's really you know clowning them in a way and I'm like, this person feels a need to do that for the attention that they're getting. They're just happy as any kind of attention. And I was wrong for saying that. And I'm, but I, you know, I can't say I can't help what I notice because I can, I can help it and I should, I should help it more. But 
all I know is I'm the one that got checked because they're like, no, like, don't say anything to them about how they are. If that's, you know, I'm okay with that or that's not an issue for me or like, you're the one that's wrong. And I felt like, you know, they're right. They're right. Like, they're right to check me about that. Like, I don't even know why my attitude feels like it's deteriorating. Like, I feel like I would have checked that or I would have been better with that before or, like, in a different circumstance. Like, it just shows, though, because I I cannot deny the process and everything else that's going on behind the scenes. It shows that this is actually taking a toll on me. What's taking a toll on me is my you know, not giving it all I got every single day to fight towards being a a better person and not being very intentional about every single last little thing that I do and everything that I'm involved in, you know, and if I can't be 100% intentional about everything that I'm doing, then I should not participate at all, like at all in anything. I should just stay focused on God at all times. And that's the only way to eliminate me, you know, coming off as this like pretentious type I think I'm better than you type popular girl type attitude. I don't appreciate that. I never really wanted to be that really. But at the same time, I guess I really did. And I think that a lot of different things I'm also realizing in this process is that Satan is so tricky because he wants to offer you everything you ever wanted. And it feels like or seems like everything you ever wanted. But only God knows how to give you everything you ever wanted and needed and still not give you everything you ever wanted. Because you think you want certain things and Satan comes giving you those things that you never should have had and you really don't want or you really don't need or they're just not reflective of a godly attitude, a godly perspective or a godly lifestyle. And you think that they're good. Like, for example, if you want to be a rich person, you want to be famous, you want to be on top of the world. But God is calling you to be very humble. God is calling you to live a humble lifestyle and to love your love your brothers, love your sisters, you know, die on the cross for him daily. You know, if he's calling you to live a much humbler lifestyle, he's calling you to come out of this world and you want to be in this world, then it's like if Satan comes offering you this world, then it looks like everything you ever wanted, but everything you ever wanted and needed is within in God. You should just listen to him. You should be guided by him. You should be obedient to him. So this is what I'm battling every day. So I realized that a lot of times when I'm coming off as these different, as this individual that's not reflective of the, the, the woman that I know that God has shown me I will be and I'm on my way to being, then I realized that, you know, this is a tactic of Satan. Satan is still trying to convince me that, you know, it's better off for me here and that I should give up on my fight towards being a better person, that I should let go, that I should slack off, and that I should, you know, abandon my beliefs. So I know it doesn't last, and I know it is not permanent, and I know it's not serious, and I know that, I mean, it is serious, but I know that it's not permanent, and I know that I'm going to continue to do the work that I need to do in order to be better. And so this is not where it ends. And I don't have to worry about that. Satan wants me to believe that it's, this is final. Satan wants me to believe that this is permanent. Satan wants me to believe that this is happening no matter what I say or do. That I, There's nothing I can do to change this. That there's nothing God can do to change this. Because it's not about me. Because if it were up to me, I wouldn't even be where I am today. So if that is nothing that God can do to change this. And the reality is... 
That's not true. That's absolutely not true. And he just wants you to believe it because when you believe it, you make it final. So I'm fighting so hard, you know, even though a lot of the time, a lot of times it feels like, you know, this is true. I can't change it. I'm doing everything in my power to change it. It's nothing I can do. This is real. This is really happening. And, you know, if I deny what it is that's going on, then I would just be, you know, blind. I would just be so-called sleep. But that's not necessarily true because you have to have confidence in God. That's why that's why it takes trust and faith beyond your own understanding because it's going to seem like that's exactly what it is. It's going to look like that's exactly what it is. And it's going to feel like that's exactly what it is. And it's going to feel like there's nothing that you can do to change it or stop it. Like you have to live. Like how are you supposed to live? How are you supposed to wake up every day and get on with your day? If this is the circumstances, this is really the circumstances. Somebody, no, You can't tell somebody that they're not starving when they're starving. So, you know, it's what it is, but at the same time, believe beyond your own understanding. Because I know that even if you are starving spiritually, if you are depending and trusting and having faith on God, you are spiritually full. So it's just about, you know, trusting God beyond your own understanding. And a lot of us or a lot of different situations that involves, you know, industry or Satan or just this world period, because it's not just industry. This world kind of fuels the industry. But it's just like a lot of different things shows you that, you know, it feels like these things matter when they don't. And that's why it's very important to be God-centered. It's very important to be God-centered. And I'm fighting a battle that's, like, so... It's so just... It can be very daunting and confusing. But what I will say is that it feels like a lot of times the conversations are, as long as you are alive and as long as you choose God, you're good. Everything else that they're saying matters, doesn't. Everything's going to work out. They're saying, you know, you're not going to have this. You're not going to do this. And if you don't do this, this is going to happen. If you don't go here, that is going to happen. If you don't make these necessary changes, then that is going to happen. And it feels like that because when you make the necessary changes, you get these type of results. And when you're not making those necessary changes, it feels like you're not getting them. But you just have to trust that it's going to work out no matter what because... It was so long I wasn't making the necessary changes, nor was I concerned about it, nor did I care. And I'm in a place where now I'm more concerned about it, and I'm doing what I can to make the necessary changes. And that right there is something that I couldn't have done on my own. That right there is God alone. So I'm seeing this, you know, and I'm picking up on it. But last night, you know, it felt like I was talking to this person, and what I saw in this vision was me showing my beauty to this individual, and they sat there stunned and then they like they stopped everything they were doing they didn't know what to do they were just in shock they didn't know what to do and then I was just like you can sit down and then they sat down and the next thing I know it's like they were just one of my minions and I'm like am I hypnotizing people am I like do I have some type of weird mind control over people and I didn't appreciate that power I don't need no type of power like that unless I'm being led by God at all times I would never want to lead somebody down the wrong path you know, with that kind of power. 
So I'm always trying to check myself and I'm always trying to fight very hard, but it takes fighting very hard. So this is the battle because I'm constantly being convinced, oh, you know, it's okay to relax. Oh, it's okay to, you know, just do what you want to do with that power. It's okay. And it's like, no, like I wouldn't want this power if I wouldn't, if I weren't led by God. I wouldn't want this power if God weren't leading me to help and guide people in the right direction. Like it'll be one thing. If I let myself down the wrong path, but it's a whole nother thing. If you lead a bunch of, you know, unsuspecting individuals down the wrong path, like that's just so wrong. And then the scripture, like, you know, it is better to hang a millstone around your neck than to lead one of these children to destruction. And so we're all God's children, but it's like, All I know is, like, I felt that I was having a conversation with this person, and then it felt like I just, I smelled them, because, like, it's like the smell, like, you can smell people spiritually, and then you'll be able to smell, like, everything about them, you'll smell, excuse the noise, but you'll smell all of their sins. You'll smell all of their, you know, everything in their bloodline, every curse, every blessing, every anointing, all everything. You'll smell it all. And what I smelled in his bloodline, this person's bloodline, what I smelled in his bloodline was a bunch of stable individuals, you know, per se, stable per se, because stable looks different for a lot of people, but a bunch of stable individuals who have seemingly went to college and established themselves, and they are pretty much consistent. They are consistent. His bloodline was consistent, and it's like a lot of different individuals in his family, it seems like, have, like, you know, like NAACP awards or inducted into the Hall of Fame and different stuff like that. So he comes from a really good family, and, like, not, like, super exceptional, but exceptional, though. And so, like... I noticed I, I smelled that in his bloodline and I was like wow that's a stable you know consistent you know s- success in your family and I saw him and I said you know I thought to myself I said well that's where you're headed don't fight that you know definitely don't fight that I would understand if you came from like my bloodline no offense to my bloodline because my bloodline you know it's a bunch of fighters it's a bunch of exceptional people it is a bunch of you know very intelligent people in my bloodline but it's just my bloodline is very you know unstable very unstable so You know, I'm just like, if you came from my bloodline, then I will understand fighting everything that you came from in order to be something different. But you come from your bloodline. You should just, you know, I don't ever want to tell somebody what they should do because you could be that one that makes your bloodline that much more exceptional. So you never want to hinder or shape anybody with your words. Let them be and do what they're going to do. But also, I just wanted to be the one who was honest about, you know, encouraging them to you know maybe not fight it because you know I was just I don't want to push my fears off of other people either that's another thing but it also was about you know me wanting to be clear that you know not that I necessarily want to you know 
put anything in your head. I want you to do what you're going to do, and I want to encourage you to be whoever you're going to be. But it's just, you know, also wanting to support the good, the goodness and the greatness that I see that God's provided for his bloodline, you know. But I will be honest, you know, as far as that exceptional relationship with God, it, it was pastors, I believe, in his family too. But as far as that exceptional, like, you know, excellent, like, very rare type, legendary type relationship. I won't say legendary. I don't like to put that word on it. But that exceptional relationship with God, that super exceptional relationship with God, when you're, like, very anointed, very favored, very chosen, I didn't quite see that anywhere in his bloodline. And when I checked to see why, what I saw was he he comes from a family that is like, you know, like I said, consistent, persistent, and also kind of like sticks to a good plan. Like this is a good plan. This is a, you know, surefire way to win. And you don't have to be too much. You don't have to be like not too much and not too little, you know, and it's work. It works. It's working. But it seems safe. Like, a lot of people aren't taking, you know, enough chances. They're not super risky, you know. And there's never anything wrong with that. I don't want to say never because I don't want to sound like I'm lying. But it's just, like, it's not really a bad thing. It's not really a bad thing, but it's just nobody stands out from the crowd. Well, no, that's a lie. They did stand out. A lot of them did, you know, stand out, you know, but it's like nobody really, like, paves new ways and transits doing that, you know? But growing up, I used to wish that I had that start. Growing up, I used to wish that that's where I could have started from. Growing up, I used to admire, you know, families or, you know, stable bloodlines like that. Like, you you want that for every black person in America. You want that for every black family in America to be stable and successful and consistent like that. You know, to a lot of a lot of y'all feel it, finish in college and are comfortable you know a lot of times you want that but now you know i think even then when i was when i was younger i probably wanted so much more but that's when you're dreaming when you're dreaming you want to dream past so much more you know you want to go and become so much more than you ever even imagined you could be and so now i feel like i know that that's possible God is showing me how possible it is. And I want to do that. I I feel like I couldn't even give this up for that. I've had so many opportunities to do it thus far. And I probably would be left alone. I wouldn't be stressing as much. And I wouldn't be going through everything that I'm going through. Like the starving starving artist syndrome. But it's like, if you believe in your dreams enough, they can work out for you. And I know that they would agree with that, you know. Mine is just a lot more riskier, where it's like a lot of times people are going to tell you, no, like, let it go, you know, leave it. And 
get take this right now. That's the smart thing to do. And you'll be good forever. You won't have to worry about things not working out for you because you go that way. It's risky. You you might end up, you know, really making it, but you might end up really losing so bad, you know, that you become way worse or the lowest in the bottom that you could ever be. And you don't want that. So take a safe route. Take a safer route. You know, land somewhere, you know, kind of up there, but still safe. And it's like... This is what plagues my heart and my mind every single day. Should I be playing it safe? Should I be playing it safer? Should I stop taking these risks? Should I st- am I built for this risk? You know? But this feeling in my heart and my confidence in God shows me and tells me and reminds me to keep fighting, keep going. You're made for this. This is your destiny. This is your future. And... You can have this, you deserve this, this is what you're made for, this is what you're built for. So keep going and don't let anybody discourage you and accomplish this. Do it, do the work. You know, just believe. All you have to do is believe that it can happen and it will. And honestly, I don't think that this is, I don't think this can be avoidable. I don't think that I can even avoid this because if I were ever able to avoid it, it would have been avoided by now all the mistakes that I've made or all the different routes that I've gone in my life. I used to want to go to college so bad right out of high school, become a doctor or a lawyer or something of that sort. And I was smart enough to do it. But God took me down this path and he's brought me to where I am now for a reason. And it's going to look funny. People are going to laugh at you, point and judge you, you know, but you have to believe what you can. You have to believe the vision God has given you, even when you when others can't see it, you can see it, but others can't. So. What I found last night was I was having a conversation with this person. It feels like he was saying, like, just stay here with my family, you know, and, you know, get away from that. You know, what you're dealing with in yours and, you know, just just you'll be okay here, you know. But I realized I would have to give up my fight. I would have to stop fighting and pushing for my dreams. I would have to settle somewhere safe, somewhere exceptional, but safe and it doesn't seem so bad when you are, you know, going through it and when it's just like so tough and it's like it feels like all you're ever getting is trash, not trophies. It doesn't it doesn't seem so bad. It really feels like that's, you know, that's really great right there. That's 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 a blessing. And it is, but it's just not necessarily my blessing. You know, I know that God has something so much greater for me. And I don't want to keep making an excuse that you know, I kept pushing past all the different times that I've been in different situations being offered this kind of, you know, lifestyle or future. I pushed past it. And so I can't, you know, not keep going now. And it's like they're fighting that. They're helping me fight that. They're saying, you know, you don't have to feel obligated to that, you know. And it feels so great to hear that because a lot of times I feel the pressure. So it's so much pressure to be obligated to this future destiny that God has shown you and not feel obligated to continue to 
push past safer environments, not taking that risk every single day to be exactly who it is you're destined to be. But overall, I know that it, it would never work because, you know, also what I noticed was that as soon as I got comfortable, they're going to come and get me. They're going to come and get me. Why? Because, you know, Satan wants to drain my power that God has given me. And if I ever get comfortable in any place without submitting that power over to him, he's going to come and try and snatch it up off me. You know, it's been a situation where my life was really put in danger. And I believe that, you know, they're not going to stop until I'm dead because they're too afraid of me waking up one day, getting up and doing whatever it is I got to do and actually fulfilling that prophecy on my life. And they feel that their life is is in danger, so they got to get me before I get them. This is why I ended up in this situation. I was minding my business, reading my Bible, and, you know, following, doing whatever I could to be a, to be a better me and God. And they came looking for me, you know, because of the prophecy on my life. So they're too afraid to ever let me settle anywhere anyways. Unless, of course, they believe that I have somehow promised them or reassured them that I would never, you know comfort them ever again or never come for my destiny ever again and I don't think that I can even ever do that because I never assured them that I'd be here I never assured them anything so I don't even feel safe and I don't feel like I want to put other people's lives in danger because they treat everybody else around me like a casualty so I keep trying to explain that but you know I can't explain to them what it looks like for them so You know, also something I feel that I've noticed is that other people on the outside of this situation, they can handle this. They can, they can, you know, this situation to them is not a threat. And does that mean that I'm weak? Who knows? I'm not weak. I know I'm not. But that, that doesn't necessarily mean that. I realize that what it means is that you know, my destiny and my purpose in life, they're obviously after me. They want me. So they're going to attack me way harder. They're going to do all these different things, be willing to die about not ever seeing me get to my future. Or, you know, they're going to be willing to go to such great lengths in order to stop me as opposed to you. If it were you, they would be doing all of that to you. And you would know what that's like, you know. I'm sure you probably do because there's probably so many people who probably even try to stop you to get to where you have gone. So you can just imagine how many people are trying to stop me from getting for, to my super exceptional, super exceptional future. So this is why, you know, I don't like putting people in it because I can't depend on you. You know, I have to depend on this, this dream that I have. And what I'm finding is that, you know, it doesn't go away and you can't run from it. And if I were able to run from it, I would have because a lot of times I didn't even want to go through a lot of stuff I had to go through. But ultimately, I'll be great. Everything will be great. Everything will be fine. Just have to have tra- trust and faith and confidence to God. I know they're not going to let up. Yes, I do have to do the work. And yeah, it might get way harder than this. No, it's not over. But everything's going to be great for me. So I noticed that there, you know, it's it's a fight. 
even though a lot of the times it feels like I'm fighting way hard and I should have to way harder than I have to for little things or small things. And this is them trying to exhaust me out to get me to give up my dream. But that's also another thing. Reason why they probably showed me this kind of family. Or God showed me this kind of family. Everything happens for a reason. So that they... Well, everything happens for a reason, so I won't say why God did it, but I will just say that I noticed that the enemy's tactic is to somehow get me to, you know, forget, forget or give up or feel afraid enough to scare me into a corner that I won't come out of. And I don't think that's ever going to happen. Like, like I've been told so many different occasions, I'm made for this. I'm built for this. This is who I am. So, and also another confirmation is that they tried to strip me of everything that it, that makes me who I am and that, you know, that they tried to strip me of everything that places me in the position for my destiny. And they, they wouldn't have been able to do that without killing me. So as long as I'm alive, that's never going to work. And I just have to trust God. But you know, I'm also getting confirmation every morning when I wake up that, as long as I'm waking up, you know, they're not winning. As long as I'm waking up, they are not winning. So, I just have to be confident in that. And I have to be confident in God and never give up on God. Because the whole time, like, it's just like, it's always a fight 24-7. You know, choose this over God, choose that over God, choose this over God, choose that over God. And I have to be confident that no matter what it is, the conversation is about or whatever it is so you know it feels like it's however way it feels like it's going I'm not choosing anything over God I just have to know that and I think that I'll grow and become more mature into a place where I'll understand that that doing that or going down that route was never necessarily choosing anything over God and that was an unnecessary battle you didn't have to fight all you had to do was know you weren't choosing anything over God and it wouldn't have been that difficult but I'm just not there yet and I have to learn how to get there and once I learn how to get there then it won't bother me anymore I won't have to depend on anybody for that mindset I won't have to depend anybody for depend on anybody for that help but you know also as far as um their family they have that you know and I noticed that it's like you know, I don't want to sound like I'm contradicting anything I said. That it seems like they played it safe, but they do have that. They have that mindset where, you know, I know what I know. I know that, you know, these are my accomplishments. I'm exceptional. I know who I am, and nothing anybody else around me could could say or do to change that or stress me out about it. Cause I know who I am. And that's also something that's I'm seeing that I'm going to need. I'm going to need that stable type of mindset, but it's just not quite stable yet because I have yet to get to where I have to get. But this is all part of God's plan for my life. And, you know, I don't know if my family's going to be there. I know I will, though. And ultimately, anybody around me that's making this more difficult for me or that's or that's causing me any type of pain or struggle or strife they're just they just playing themselves because you're the one that's not going to be there god has already shown me for sure i'm going so you know but maybe god has already shown me for sure that they're not so that's also something to take into account but either way go moving forward
I'm just going to keep fighting. I'm never going to let go of God. And I'm going to remain true to what I know. And every lesson I need to learn, I know it's on the way. And I'm going to try my best not to be stressed or worried about it. Because God already told me not to worry. And the Bible says that worry is a sin. So I'm going to do everything that I can to, you know, minimize distractions and mess ups. Okay. So I wanted to come here and talk about just like what it feel like you know is being what is happening so it feel like you know what this whole time this whole process I don't know if I mentioned this before but what happens is you know I'm told like a lot of times, a lot of references to my childhood and my childlike self. And I'm feeling like I figured something out lately. So I came across this video about a year ago. And it was about why people do drugs. Drug addicts. And heroin and stuff like that. And honestly, this was around a time where the... Thing I talked about in the previous episode before the last. This is a this is around a time where I was wondering about you know this thing I feel that God said to me when I was around fourteen, fifteen years old. So if I said twelve before I meant fourteen, I was around fourteen years old and I wasn't really putting my heart on it a lot though because I was like nah because I'm going to fight very hard for God and I'm going to keep you know positive wishful thinking that it won't go that way and that's not how my life is intended to go you know but I am like played with this attitude of like I'd rather be on drugs homeless in the street than ever you know worship any God outside of God and if I feel that I know that it's Satan worshiping or it's anything to do with that, I wouldn't want anything to do with it. So I feel like, you know, because of that, it's almost like I'm being threatened, like either that or you're going to die or that or you're going to end up on drugs, strung out, homeless in the street, that or you're going to be a failure in life. And you want to believe that God would never let this happen to you. This is not something God would ever let happen, but you just don't know the battles that you will face in your faith until you face them. So, honestly, it's possible. And a lot of people say that it's your mindset. It's the way that you're thinking. It's the way that you see things. That's what will land you there. You can't blame God for that. And absolutely, that's true because I feel like the only other option that I would have is to give him my all and never give up until, of course, I reach victory. But even though there shouldn't be any buts involved, it's like I'm so drained and I'm just so tired of fighting everybody on this. And it's like, you know, I hate that this is kind of like even like, you know, a thought or a, or it's even being considered, but sometimes I think that I would be on drugs because 
I look at everything that has been revealed to me and I look at everything that's happened in my life and I look at everybody around me, how nobody really cares for real and how messed up it is and how the type of person I would have to become in order to fit into this environment. And I feel like turning to drugs because, you know, not that there's ever an excuse for that. And a lot of people are going to have their opinions on it. But, you know, I have my opinions on certain lifestyles and nobody agrees. You know, nobody really cares about that. You know, they would either settle for less and just settle and not, you know, keep holding out for God's promises or they would submit to Satan. And I can't, I don't, I can't know that I could have had it and not reach for it. And then I feel like I'm burning myself out trying to reach, reach for something that nobody wants me to have. Everyone's fighting me on. So I just sometimes see myself turning to drugs once everything really truly hits me, everything that really has happened to me. And I'm doing everything in my power to hold on to God until he can settle the situation, heal me from everything, and I can forgive everybody for everything that they've done and just move forward, you know. But I guess it's my mindset believing that I should have everything that God has for me and I shouldn't have to worry about, you know, these people trying to stop me. But this is what it is. It's not going to change. It's not, you know, it can't be different. can't take back what happened and this is what it is. So I fear that when it really hits me and everybody feels that they've taken everything away from me, my chances and my future, that's when I'll probably turn to drugs because I'll think, what's the point? What's, it's not fair. Like, it's not right that I had to fight everybody for my future. And then it's not right that they had the opportunity to take it away from me. And then I hold, I held so fast to God, held on so so steadfast to God and endured everything just for to end up with nothing. So I'm trying to keep a sober mind. Like if you end up with nothing, it's okay. If you end up, you know, not making it, it's okay. So that I can make sure that I don't turn to drugs. And it's it's difficult. It's so difficult. It seems so unfair, but I don't want to betray God. I think that that's worse than drugs. But even though it might not be, it probably it might be equal because you kind of betraying God for drugs. But it's like, I don't know. I don't want to keep talking about that. But it's like, what I noticed in this video, or what they said in this video, which I, when I clicked on this video, I'm like, it's nothing you could tell me about people who turn to drugs. Like, I grew up around people who turn to drugs. I grew up around drugs. I grew up around this stuff. And I know about it already. It's not really nothing I can learn. But God just led me to click on it anyways. So I clicked on it, and I watched the video, and I actually learned something. And I knew I would because God led me to click on it, even though I felt I couldn't learn anything. And so what I learned was... You know, people who turn to heroin, what happens is they are so emotionally distressed or distraught that they are looking for their childhood, the happiness from their childhood. They want to be happy like when they were a child before. And this is when I really start paying attention because ever since I really like started, like ever since I've I want to. I don't know. Really know when I stop being a child because I still consider that I still feel like I'm still childlike and I still have like a childlike mindset I have to grow out of. And I'm just now feeling like I'm actually growing up and maturing. So it's like I don't know if I ever really grew out of being a child, you know. But it's like 
when I stopped being happy. Must have been when I stopped really being a child. And I just remember in my childhood, even though so many traumatic things happened to me, we starved. I was abused. You know, it was, we were kicked out of homes. We slept in our car. It was so many different things that we went through together. And me and my family. And what happened was, you know, I was always happy no matter what. No matter what happened to me. No matter what it looked like. My dad in and out of jail. My mother struggling. I was always happy. I was always happy. And I didn't, it's probably because I didn't understand the things that were happening to me. But I did understand them enough to know that this, like, it hurt. The struggle hurts. You know, this pain I'm going through, it hurts. And it doesn't feel right. It doesn't, it's not fair. But it's like, I was always so happy. I was always so happy. So, you know, when I stopped being a child and I got older, I started to really, everything that happened to me as a child started to sink in and affect me seriously. And then I started to realize that, you know, I was not okay. That was not okay. And, you know, I'm not okay. And I need to heal. And all these different issues that I have. But I realized that if I never realized that until I got to whatever age I was at now, that I have so many more issues than I even know on top of all the issues I know that I have. So I realized that I was never, I've never been as happy as I was when I was a child. I've never been as happy as that, as I was when I was a child. So this is why this video triggered me immediately when they said people who turn to drugs are looking for that happiness that they had when they were a child. It triggered me because I said, you know, you know what? This is actually crazy to me because what happens is, you know, I'm not necessarily searching for that happiness that I was when I was a child, but I guess that I am. And when I realize that I'll probably be searching for it in other ways, through drugs, etc., other kind of things. And this is explaining that behavior, even when I did not even know that's what it was. So it triggered me and I was like, you know, Maybe I will, and I won't even realize that that's what direction I'm heading in until it until I do. But it just made so much sense that, you know, people who turn to drugs are searching for that happiness when they were a child. And only the first high off of heroin do they ever get or feel that high because it, it boosts some sort of endorphins or something that produce happiness inside of your mind or inside of your you know, your emotions, whatever, that creates the happiness. And it's only the first high. And then after, you're always chasing that high. And I've heard that for so many years. You only get high the first time, and then afterwards, you're always chasing that high. So I would wonder why people who never seemed like, who had seemed like they had it all put, put together, whatever, turned to drugs. And I was like, you know, I don't seem like I have it all put together. I'm a whole mess, and I'm counting on Jesus to keep me away from things like this. And God is showing me that he he's told me that he was bringing me out, and he has brought me out, but it also feels like he's saying to me, I'm going to go back down that route, though, because it's not, because I couldn't, you know, come completely out of it. And so, because I couldn't, it's going to send me into a downward spiral, and then, you know, so on and so forth. I'm fighting that, because I'm like, it feels like God is saying it can't be changed or it can't be stopped, but I want to believe that it can, you know. I don't ever want to give up on a hope for a better future, for better things to happen for me.
But then there's this alternative. It's like, we'll just relax on God, you know, and let that go and just choose this route and just, you know, choose things outside of God and go that way and different things like that. So it feels like they're almost saying it's going to be two different options. Either I'll go down the route of drugs or whatever because I couldn't accomplish everything I wanted to accomplish in God. Or I will go down the route of Satan worshiping because God failed me or I feel that God has failed me. I don't truly believe any any either of those things. And I want to hold on to that belief, even though it's being fought. You know, so many different spirits and demons and curses in my bloodline is fighting that, you know, and trying to continue that cycle of what happened in my family and them. I don't want that for myself. But all that being said, you know, I'm noticing that this situation that I'm in, that's, you know, what God has me fighting right now, the assignment that I'm on, what it feels like they they keep referring to as our childlike selves. And I talked about when I was on a playground and I saw myself as a, a five-year-old, like five, four or five again. And then I saw, you know, my sister, then I saw this guy. And this guy was just like super evil. He was red. And my sister was just crying so hard because he was torturing her and he was forcing her to torture me. So... You know, I wanted to save my sister and God gave me the opportunity to do that. And what I saw was that LeBron, he was picking me up. He kept picking me up every time he would put me down. I would tell him to put me down with my sister or he would put me down with my sister in order to save or help her. And I would always, he would always come and pick me up every single time. It got too much because they were both attacking me. And now I just keep seeing this vision of you know, him picking me up, you know, and I'm like four or five in his arms. And, you know, to think about it is, I don't know what this will become because honestly, it feels like they're actually showing me and, and kind of, you know, revealing to me, like, if I don't get up and do what it is that needs to be done, there's nothing that they're going to do to stop what's going to happen, you know, there's nothing that they can do. They're doing everything they can right now, you know. And I'm trying, but it's like, it's so frustrating. It's so hard. Like, even now I'm trying to go to school and I'm just being fought on everything. And like, I'm trying to give my life to God and I'm just being fought on everything. I'm trying to move forward and let go of, you know, pipe dreams, etc. Anything that I feel like will lead me down the path of Satan. And it's just being fought on everything. And it just feels like it's impossible. But God makes impossible possible. So I'm not trying to let go of the hope of that and my confidence in him. But I can't even get in his presence when I need that peace, when I need that, you know, that better understanding of what's going on, when I need to feel whole. So it's just like, it's so messed up. But what I did pick up on, though, is that, well, first, LeBron said that he was helping because he found out in the spiritual realm we were being sold. Someone had put us in the spiritual realm. Or put which rap on us, had us in a spiritual room, was selling us on a black market. And he bought us because he said that we were brilliant children and he saw a bright future in us. So now he's fighting for us. And I seen him, you know, he he brought me into God's presence. And God said, you're going to be even bigger and greater than what he is. And he was really established in God. And, you know, I don't know if that's now or if that has yet to happen. But all I know is like... 
you know, I know that I've seen him in so many different situations as a good guy. But then I see Satan and I see these different situations where there's like this 10 feet tall demon with horns and they have my family. And then I saw two people standing over me and I think it was LeBron and another guy. And I don't know if that guy was NBA young boy or my brother, but whoever, cause I, I see LeBron and my brother and it feels like they have so much in common. They're almost the same, but it almost just doesn't make sense to me because it's like, I can't tell which side they're on, you know. I remember someone said to me after the fight for my sister, that was like, I was talking about how Satan was being burned down to the ground, you know, by the Holy Spirit and by the light of God. And they were like, yeah, LeBron is really, was really scared. He was even more afraid than you were. He was afraid you weren't, you stood right up to Satan, but he was afraid. And so I took it as, you know, LeBron was fighting with me and helping me because I think that's who I heard who was so hard on me. But I don't know if they were saying that Satan was LeBron. And I don't want to say that. I don't want to slander his name because I don't think that I've seen that in him. The first time I ever met him or saw him, what happened was, you know, He was, I saw that he was good. I saw that he was a really good person. But the thing about this is, you know, my brother, though, who was standing over me with LeBron, he actually was on the side of Satan. I saw him sitting on Satan's side. And what Satan said was, We're, it's for the baby. The baby is innocent. And Satan has never cared about anybody's babies. Satan has never cared about anybody at all. So I don't believe that Satan would even have that much compassion for someone's child, even though the child is innocent. But I I put that together all the way up until now as, you know, he didn't have a choice. That was God. God had already told me from the jump that he was giving me the opportunity to get my my sister back. So, you know, and to keep praying. So... I just took it as Satan was always trying to make it look like he he's responsible or he has some sort of power. Because you know how Satan is. He's always trying to take God's credit. So I just took it as that. But it's like, at the same time, like, I don't, it doesn't, it almost doesn't make sense to me. Because even though it did, it did, it did look like Satan, I don't believe that it actually was him. I believe, of course, Satan may have possessed whoever it was. It was a... It was a principality or power of darkness, but I don't know if it was actually Satan. And, you know, the same thing happened that happens in the Bible with Michael when he had to fight Satan out of heaven. He didn't have enough power to beat Satan. and He almost got beat. But because he was fighting for the right side, excuse me. But because he was fighting for the right side, God placed enough power in Michael that burned Satan down to the ground just for his love. Just the love. So my love for my sister is what burns Satan down to the ground. My love for God, my love for my sister burns Satan down to the ground. So, you know, it's always going to be love that saves us. But, you know, I'm debating about the concept is if it's any kind of love. And, yes, all love comes from God. God is love. 
But, like, maybe that could help my perspective to keep me away from drugs. Like, as long as you are operating in love, as long as it feels like it's love, as long as you are doing something in love, it's not necessarily Satan worshiping. And maybe we have this distorted view of Illuminati. Maybe I have a distorted view of Illuminati because I remember in the beginning they said Illuminati, that's so corny. You know, that's not what they call it. But I had already learned that that's not what they're calling the Illuminati because I remember I was watching videos years before that trying to learn more about this stuff just to be able to educate myself, stay away from this stuff and know what's out there. Not that I was necessarily counting on being in the industry, but just that this this kind of stuff sparks my interest. I want to know the truth about life. And so I remember someone said in one of these videos that they were educating about the Illuminati, they said, I don't know if they're calling it, they're calling it the Illuminati. See, everybody's saying Illuminati, but that's not necessarily the name. It's cultism. It's Satan worshiping, but it's not necessarily called Illuminati. And if it has another name, it has another name, but it's not. I don't think it's Illuminati. And I agree with that because it's like Illuminati, the name, it just feels like such a distraction. It feels so funny, but you know, is I don't think it's Illuminati either. I don't think it's called that. And I think now being in the position I am in now, it just looks so different. What it is, I feel like it's a lot of people who do everything they can to fight their hardest and get as close to God as possible. But Satan just, you know, he has ties and he has, you know, he has dominion in our lives because of the sin that we participate in. If you've ever lied, cursed, stole, or broke any of the commandments or disobeyed God in any way, Satan has power or control in your life. And a lot of people like to believe that people who are more famous or who have more of a following are more satanic when not necessarily, that's not necessarily true. Satan does come after people like this very, very hard because you're going to have such a you know, backing and following. He wants to control the masses through you. But, you know, nobody is ever going to make it to anywhere great or anywhere big or in in a, a leader of any big amount of a big crowd or however many people ever without God. God is in control. And as much as we want to believe that Satan has, you know, a power or a control over this world, especially because of that scripture that says that Satan is the God of this world. And he offered Jesus Christ the world in order for his allegiance to him. And Jesus Christ denied him with the word of God. But that, even though it's the truth, can be misleading. We want to believe that Satan actually has enough power to give us that, give us the world. But he can never give you something that God is in control and ownership of. So when it comes down to it, Satan wants, you know, you to believe that he can even give you something. But if you ever accepted that over allegiance to God, he would have you would have been tricked and lied to and deceived. You'll come to find that he never could ever offer you anything, really. And so if you have to find that out after you've been so so called accepted or, you know, uh, receive the world from him then obviously it's true when you don't it's still true when you don't so I believe that I'm seeing a lot in this process that a lot of these people who are seem to be Satan worshipers and cult like the only issue not the only issue but the issue is the sin in their lives and it's just on such more of a mass level because of the 
all the different people that they have worshiping them and idolizing them. So it's on such a, a much big, much bigger level. So the best thing that you could possibly ever do is worship God and make sure and be be open about it so that you're not misleading a lot of the children down the wrong path into drugs or gangs or stuff like that. And that's what seems satanic. And it is all satanic. But when you really think about it, and I'm not trying to justify any of these celebrities or their lifestyles. When you really think about it, though, when it comes down to it, we're all in this. It's just I feel like when you understand the level of it, when they're on that level, you start to have to battle these different things up front. And you have to start, you know, facing a lot of these demons that you are blind to when you were part of the general public. And the only difference is... You know, they've been given a certain power, not by Satan, but by God. And that is their destiny, their purpose in life. You know, people, a lot of a lot of people that you see on top, they are just fulfilling their destiny and purposes in life. They would never have gotten there if it wasn't their purpose or destiny, of course. But the thing is, and I'm, I'm trying my best not to defend wrong things or mislead anyone. The thing about it is they're just no different than a regular average human being. The only issue or the only difference would be that they have all these different people who are following them. It's kind of like a kingdom. They have like, they're like kingdoms, like they're like kings and queens. And these are like modern day kingdoms. And if you're misleading your kingdom down the wrong road, then of course, you know, Satan has more of a power or control over your kingdom. But if you are leading your kingdom down the right road, then, of course, God has more of a power or control over your kingdom. But overall, God has the most power. The God is the almighty power. But it just comes down to, you know, the message that you're putting out, the message that you're putting out. And I don't even want to I don't even want to feed into that narrative, because what I'm learning for myself is that it really doesn't matter what message you're putting out. No matter what it is you say or do, Satan is going to always try and steal, kill, destroy, or deceive his way into your life and into whatever, you know, influence that you have. You really just have to fight your hardest towards God and give your give your life give your life to him and just, you know, do what you can. I think the only crime you would have is not being a hundred percent obedient to God. That would be their only crime. So I don't necessarily want to say, not their only crime. I don't want to judge people. Everybody's different. But I would say that I think that that's what it comes down to. Because when you're thinking of celebrities as, when you're idolizing them, that you feel like you want to blame them or you want to give them way more credit than they actually should have. When if it were you in that position, the only difference would be that Satan was attacking you more because of the position that you're in. You know? So... I want to say that I'm not trying to justify it, but I just want to say that most of the world has already bowed down to Satan anyways, and they don't even realize it. And the messed up part is, and this is this is when people start feeling like you're justifying their lifestyles, but the messed up part about it is, you know, the churches, you know, these everyday people, people who have dedicated their entire lives to God, a lot of times are not even as close to God as these celebrities are. And I've seen this for myself. Because what I find is that there's not a church I can go into in this entire city that would be able to get me closer to God than it feels like this individual that is in the industry. And now that I'm so caught in the industry, it feels that I'm so, 
a lot of times when I'm standing in my power and I'm making sure that I pray and stay as close to God as possible, I'm the God is descending above me at all times. God is, you know, there. You know, He's always there. But then again, I also want to add that it didn't ever feel like this before. It never felt like this before. And sometimes I wonder if I truly break everything off of me, if it'll go back to how it was before when I was in God's presence and it won't feel like what I'm facing and that this really is Satan deceiving me a lot. But overall, it's very difficult and I wouldn't blame a lot of these people who cannot do it. I just wouldn't blame them, even though a lot of times I find that they are not as close as they should be or they may not agree with a lot of the things that God, you know, requires of them. But you cannot be where they are without having a relationship with God. And that's just period. It's just period because Satan will try to kill you either way. It doesn't matter if you, you know, if you submit to his allegiance. It doesn't matter if you do everything he says. He's going to try and kill you. He does not care about you. You know, he will kill you either way it goes. So you have to have a relationship with God. And that's how you know that they are still protected by God. They still have a relationship with God. No one can define your relationship with God. But I still don't want to get into the mindset of thinking it's okay to go and live these certain lifestyles without, of course, being led by God 100%, knowing that he's with me, knowing that I'm being obedient to his word. Because the only way to be sure that it is not Satan is to believe in that truth in the Bible and have a relationship with God at all times, praying all the time, you know, seeking him in all that you do everything always keeping your mind and heart focus on God and it might sound like who can ever keep their mind and heart focus on God a hundred percent of the time it can be done and when you fight very hard to accomplish that it'll be done you know so naturally that you'll be able to do everything else you want to do with the anointing and favor on everything that you touch and always keeping your mind and heart focused on God, no matter what it is, whatever it is else that you're doing. So what God is teaching me how to multitask. I don't believe that I've ever been able to multitask before. And that's a lot of, you know, a lot of people think that they are multitasking. They're not. A lot of demons are associated with not being able to multitask because you are blind, you are asleep. And you're not able to focus on God 100% of the time while also doing everything else. These demons are keeping you from that. And when you are anointed, you have a favor, you're called, you're chosen by God. You have to learn how to do that. So God has said that to me years ago. And then he showed me my future. But he said that I would retire early at a very young age. And so now I'm hearing that I'm retired. And I'm wondering if, you know, this is a future that this is what happened. Like it already happened. Has it already come to pass? If Have I already been on that podium and for the million, millions, is it over? But then I see this future with this individual, you know, after I'm a hundred percent of who I am to be, which I don't know if I am yet, but you know, that again, that could be Satan trying to deceive me out of the promise, you know? And I wonder if that's okay with God. I mean, it feel, of course it is. It feels like it is. He's there. He's descending above me at all times in a future vision that I've seen. And it says that no one can stop that. It's going to happen no matter what. But, you know, I just, I feel like the longer that I fight this, you know, what I don't believe is the right way to go is the more that be, the more, the more that is exposed to me that is maybe not the right way to go. 
and the future that I've seen, you know, it, this is what's messed up because a lot of us want to believe that these are blessings. You say God is descending above you at all times. Okay, then that's your blessing. But the issue with that is that I've seen an alternate future and sometimes Satan, you know, even though you're not supposed to give Satan more credit than he deserves, sometimes he can give you everything you've ever, you know, dreamed of having, everything you've ever wanted, and it can be a deal with the devil and you just don't know. It's like God told me when I was like 15 years old, he does trick you into deals with him. Like sometimes you just don't even know that you signed a deal with him. So this is the scariest part about it. Like you could just be going on in your life, believing that you're doing everything that you can to worship God. And Satan has manipulated his way into your life because the only surefire way to be everything that you're supposed to be in God is to be everything that you're supposed to be in God. And anything that you're relaxed on, anything that you are not taking care of, anything that you are not being serious about, and anything that you have alluded, excuse me, or disregarded in that Bible that is the truth is a deal with Satan. And you have no idea. Like when you're not doing everything that this Bible tells you to do and being everything that this Bible tells you to be along with a real relationship with God, because you can read the Bible all you want. But if you don't have a real relationship with God, where every time you read it, he's downloading more information and teaching you and showing you what these words mean. You are inadvertently worshiping and submitting to Satan. So I've seen a bunch of my family bowing to Satan. I've seen a bunch of people in this world bowing to Satan. And, you know, I don't know about these celebrities or their lives. I don't know if they're, if they're submitted to Satan. It must not be my business because God is not really telling me, really. But I saw my family, and that's my business. And all I know is, you know, as hard as we fight, as hard as I'm fighting for them, even though I could be, you know, I know I'm fight. I know they're fighting me on this a lot and they don't really want me to have this, what God wants me to have. So that might be why they're bowing down to Satan. And I realized that it's every, every jealous act, every wrong word or thing said or thing done towards someone, their destiny, their future, or just period in life. You are bowing down to Satan. You are inadvertently bowing down to Satan. If you don't keep your mind and heart focused on God, righteousness, righteousness and holy. If you're not doing everything in your power at all times to be, you know, a holy individual, to be obedient to God, then you are submitted to Satan. And so that's the difficult part about it. And that's the messed up part about it. But it's real. It's real. And we get, we are lied to a lot of times as a general public believing we're being told that all you have to do is accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you're saved. That's not true. You have to work very hard. You have to fight these demons off of you. You have to be very intentional about every single thing that you do all the time or you are submitted to Satan. And that's just what it is. And, you know, that's what's so messed up. People tell you, choose Jesus. It gets easy. No, it gets hard. And we shouldn't believe that anyways, because we read this Bible. Nobody accepted Jesus. Nobody, you know, truly treated Jesus with the respect and reverence he deserved. Nobody, you know, stood up for Jesus. Everybody, you know, 
bared false witness against him. Everybody led him up to that cross to be crucified. Not everybody, but, you know, almost a lot of people. A lot of people led him up to that cross to be crucified. And that's what you're going to have to do as a follower to be more Christ-like and to ever be saved and go to heaven. You have to do that. So God, I believe, is a merciful, gracious God. I know it's a merciful, gracious God. And so he will judge you accordingly. He will judge you to how you're supposed to be judged. He's perfect. So you may still make it, even though after all the mistakes, there's actually a big chance that you'll make it despite all of your mistakes. That's what forgiveness is for. That's why Jesus died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. But that doesn't mean you don't have to be intentional. That doesn't mean you don't have to try. You shouldn't relax because God is looking at the intent. God is looking at your heart's intent. If you ever stop trying, it's being counted. You have to always be trying. So I'm always trying, but it's like, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like, what if I'm trying too hard at a pace I cannot keep up? And then I fall off, and that's worse than ever trying. You know, no, it's not. It's not worse than ever trying, but it. I just, that's another thing that I debate about. People say, to never have tried at all is worse to, than to try and fail. And I've always debated whether that was true. Because it's like, I'm not afraid of failing. Or maybe I am. Who knows? We'll see. Because I'm going to try. But at the same time, to try and fail, sometimes doesn't feel like it's better to have never tried at all. And the Bible actually says that that's not true. The Bible says that it's better for you to have never gained a relationship with God or started on a path with God than to turn back. So, you know, I think that it's a lot of different views that we have in society that are just so wrong and it's reprobate minds. Good is bad and bad is good. And this is what's leading a lot of us down so quickly. But regardless, I'm just going to do everything I can. I don't want to sound like I'm always complaining. I, I feel that God has been saying to me lately, just say thank you. Just be grateful. Just say thank you. The reason why a lot of your days are as stressful and as hard as they are is because you are not grateful. You are so ungrateful. And I've heard this from different people that I really know that are really established and love God so much. And most likely will be there in the rapture. They're like, you're ungrateful. And I'm like, how am I ungrateful? You know, I'm doing everything I can for God. And I feel that... No matter what I do, I fail. I'm doing everything I can to be selfless and choose others over myself. I'm not doing everything I can, obviously, because then it would be done. But I'm just fighting so hard for him, and I'm doing. I'm just trying to do everything that I can. And then I'm ungrateful, but I guess that's the ungrateful attitude that God is talking about. You're supposed to be thankful no matter what it is you get or what you got. And this is a lot of times responsible for my unhappy attitude. God says to be happy. Don't let these witches steal your joy and your peace. That's the only way that they win. But I thought that I was fighting for my peace this whole time. It's so confusing. Sometimes a lot of these things are conflicting. Excuse me. But I'm just, I just got to keep going. And I have to believe in this promise that God has shown me. I have to believe in this future that he's promised me. And Overall, just be willing to let go of control because I want to fight so hard towards what it is that he's given me now that he's shown me that fighting is needed. But you never know. God has a way of, you know, he works in mysterious ways. He has a way of throwing a plot twist. It may just take for me to 
give up in order for me to win. And it sounds so crazy, but, you know, late. I don't understand now, but later I will. I don't know. But that's what it feels like it's being revealed to me. But every single day it feels like I come to this realization, but it's taken away from me. So I just have to come to that conclusion on my own, I guess. And by the time I'm willing to give up, that's that'll probably be when I come to this conclusion. But, you know, I'm going to be honest. I feel like it's my family, but I just don't want to give up my family. They may be what's holding me back. In both futures, they're not there. In both visions, they're not there. So why am I still fighting so hard for them? Well, I think this is part of my purpose and my destiny to have fought as hard for them as I possibly could. Because the reality is, you know, God taught me, trained me up as a child to never give up on family. Never, ever give up on family. But... Like I said, God works in mysterious ways. Even in my whole life, he's made sure that I've known to never give up on family. But you know what? It feels like LeBron said some wise words. And it was that everything that I've done and everything that I am was, you know, necessary. That's the word that was used. It was necessary. So maybe never give up on family because family also helped me get to this point. My love and my dedication to my family got me to where I am and played such a big part in my position in my future. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they will be there. And I don't want to even put that in the air. But as I said, you know, God has shown me that, you know, to never give up on family. And I asked him for weeks. I said, for weeks, for weeks I said to God, you know, God, am I doing anything wrong? Should I give up on them? Like, am I, is fighting for them what I'm supposed to be doing? And God said to me that... Never give up on them because later on in life, whatever you have given up on them for, you will have regretted all the time that was wasted because it won't matter. It's nothing in the world that will matter. After years have passed, when you're away from them, you're going to wish that you had just forgiven them and stayed. So never give up. But I'm still seeing a future where I have given up on them, even though in this future vision I've seen that in the vision actually is when I actually reconnect with them. So it's like saying that I may reconnect with them or it's a possibility of reconnecting in the future vision I've seen. So maybe it's like I won't give up on them forever. But in the future vision I've seen, I also do not regret all the years spent away from them because I had to do it. You know, they were trying to kill me. They did. They did do the most unforgivable thing they could have ever done. But I forgave them anyways. I just couldn't stay around them. And they had no remorse for what they had done. And they had never changed or grown. They didn't change at all. They they stayed the same. And I had grown to something so much bigger and greater. And I want to be that woman. I don't want to have to be held back by my family. I don't want to keep allowing them to hold me back. So, you know, maybe it's necessary. And I don't understand how God would say both. God said to me, In this future vision, it's a version of yourself that I've shown you. Do you believe that your family could ever accept you as that? And not not in a jealous way, but just as a 
do you think that they can even handle in their hearts and in their minds you as this type of woman? And they cannot handle it. Now that I'm actually being transformed into this person, every single day they're double checking, they're doing everything in their power to take me back to where I've come from to somehow, you know, prove or expose that I'm like something's wrong with me for being this way. They are, they don't, they refuse to talk to me because they say, you know, that's not my sister. That's not my sister. I don't know who that is. Like, she's a robot. She's this, she's that. And it's like, this is everything that God has shown me I will be. So they cannot handle it. So are they meant to be there? But why would God say never give up on them? If in fact, I would have to. But you know, God works in mysterious ways. You never know. And he also tells me almost like all the time to embrace every single moment that I have right now while I have it. Because one day I will wish that I had it. And I was around my niece that was also saved in this deliverance. And I was, like, hanging around her, even though my family was still attacking me spiritually. And it was making me feel like I cannot spend any time with her or even connect with her, which made the the time spent with her seem so redundant. I can't even bond with her. I can't even connect with her because everything I'm doing is being torn down in her mind, in her heart. It's like, even if I try, you know, all I know is, you know, it will, it would have never mattered. No matter what, like it's, it feels like I have to wait till she turns whatever age. And if she wants to be around me, she has to come around me because it's like I can't do this because of her parents, because of my family. So it feels like I'm wrong for not fighting harder for her. But at the same time, it feels like, you know, I can't. It's nothing I can do. What can I do? I can't snatch her away from her mother, even though God says that I can. I would never do that, you know. I wouldn't, it just feels so impossible, but you know, God makes impossible possible, which is why I'm still here fighting. I'm not dumb, but it's just, you know, it's about love and I want to fight for love as much as I can. So I feel very frustrated though. We're not very, not frustrated, but just, you know, I'm just wondering and trying to put things together because it feels like I can't do anything, can't move forward here at all. And I may just have to go, but then why would God bring me here on assignment? just for me to leave it feels like I have to stay here because you know he also did say to me that you know they they're not going to want you here doing my work so they're trying to do they're going to try and do everything they can to get rid of you stay here and don't go this is exactly where you're supposed to be but you know as much as I fight as hard as I fight and I don't want to keep saying this like I said, you know, it feels like that may be needed. It may be needed for me to go. And I feel like they had even exposed earlier that everybody's free. And it's just like like the prophecy has already been fulfilled over a year ago. This is what they kept saying to me. It's done. It's already been done. You've done it. But at the same time, like, how is it done when I'm still, you know, feeling enslaved to this witchcraft? But I guess maybe that means I have to give up on them. But God says not to. So I don't understand what was exposed to me in the process of this deliverance is to never give up. But now it feels like the only thing, only option I have is to give up. So it's like, I don't know. I don't know. It's this is why spirit, the spirit of wisdom and discernment is needed. But why does it, it feel like the spirit of wisdom and discernment is leading me to go? I don't know. 
but I'm staying and I'm gonna do everything I can until I can't anymore but I cannot let them you know drag me down I can't let them drag me down but also it feels like what's being exposed recently is that actually they're free now they've been free ever since the deliverance and then I was brought back to the Israelites when God freed the Israelites from Pharaoh they turned their back on God and they still didn't keep the commandments. He kept his promise, but they didn't keep theirs. And this is what we're dealing with right now. They don't know what to do with freedom. So this is what's being exposed. And God had already said that to me when I prayed and begged him for the opportunity to do that. He said that I would think about it and he ultimately gave me the chance to do it. But he told me right then, like, don't be so quick to judge the Israelites for not keeping their promise because you have no idea how much nothing has changed from then till now. And even though you feel that you would have never done that, you just have no idea how similar, you know, or how much in common you have with them. Meaning you probably do the same thing. And I never wanted that. But it feels like maybe actually that's exactly what's happening because after everything that he showed me immediately after I got up from praying he said it's sad because you're going to actually go back to everything I told you not to do everything I've exposed to you and I am like he told me to never touch my hair again and I'm doing my hair now but he also told me to fast and to pray and to never curse and to never go back to drinking and smoking and you know, Instagram and different stuff like that. And these are things that I'm slipping back into. And I have nobody but myself to blame for that, of course. Even though I fight so hard every day to be everything that I can be. And there's so many people fighting me to keep me from it. You know, I do believe that if they weren't fighting me, I probably would have never gone back to these things. Actually, I know that. But it's still, I still have to, you know, take responsibility because... Like, you know, God, like God showed me on Judgment Day, nobody else is going to be there that did anything to you. It's just you. And so that means it's about you. You have to, you have to take responsibility. And maybe taking responsibility means getting away from these people, but why does it feel like he's calling me to stay? This doesn't make sense. A lot of this stuff is so back and forth. It circles. But... I have to trust God is going to be figured out because this is like it's something but that being said you know I keep hearing about a husband and a child and all this other stuff that I just don't feel like I'm ready for because I'm not even who I want to be yet I'm not established you know financially not that it matters the most I'm not established financially I'm not 100% established spiritually because I still have these demons around me and inside of me fighting me on everything. And I'm also not established, you know. Just a lot of things physically, mentally, emotionally, all these things. I'm not 100% where I want to be, but I've also gotten a word like, you don't have to be 100% ready. Just do it and then you'll get ready. But everything will work itself out. But I always ask God, could I be everything that I wanted to be before I ever settled down and had kids or got married? In the vision of my future, that's exactly what will happen. Like, I'll be 100% established in God. 
and 100% established financially, mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally, everything before I, you know, get my fiance. But I don't know because I don't know. It's just an understanding I need to come to because I've said this entire process. Like I would never marry anybody who played any part in this and kept it a secret from me or, you know, hid behind anything and pretended to be somebody that they weren't the whole time. Like, I would never even want anybody who had anything to do with any of this after as traumatic as it was because I just feel like I was fighting on my own with just God for so long. But there was one person who was there with me. Even if they couldn't do much to help me, they stayed with me. They never left my side. So maybe that's the way, that's God's way of introducing, you know, the person I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. But I don't know. So... We will see. I still am having trouble accepting that my family I won't be spending my the rest of my life with. Or that's not even sh- for sure, but that I will have to run away from them. I will have to get away from them. But why do I feel like I'm sparing someone by leaving, by running? I don't want to run because I feel like I'm sparing someone. It feels like the real way to do it, because I am a warrior in God, is to stand here and fight until the battle is won. But if I don't want to do the work, then that's what it is. That's what it comes down to. I'm fighting my flesh. My spirit wants to do the work. My spirit wants more than anything than to accomplish this and do everything that's necessary. I feel so... I don't know. I don't know. But there is a part of prophecy that says that I'll feel so defeated and I'll actually believe that it can't happen or won't be done and then I'll almost die. But that's right before I will get up and win. But then I'm saying that, you know, they're saying the prophecy has already been fulfilled. So what is this? You know, is this the retirement that God was talking about? Retire at a young age where I'll be everything that I've ever wanted to be. I've been told and shown that I've, I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, I'm a everything I've ever wanted to be spiritually, I'm all of that. But that's not fair to me. I don't feel like that's fair. I want this stuff in real life. You know, God said that I was also going to have all this stuff in real life. That's what he said years ago before all this started. And that he was trying to get me in the rapture. That's what he said. And it was going to happen in my lifetime. So... I still feel like this stuff is supposed to happen in real life. But the future I saw, I was everything I ever dreamed of being. But I don't know if I was a doctor or a lawyer. I don't know if I was those things. So it's like maybe my heart's desires, I'm going to get all of that. But except for like tailored by God, it's going to be tailored by God. So I don't know. But that's what's on my heart today. I'm like, I saw that like I can't be happy, and it's a way to be happy in this situation. But it almost feels like I'm just fighting so hard for something I don't want to get happy too soon, and you know, minimize the seriousness because then I'm so happy and I'm playing, and you know, I'm making other people feel like this is not serious. They don't have to fight their hardest. But sadness and depression doesn't necessarily mean make people fight their hardest either. So I don't know.
but I'm working on it. That's why I continue.